Welcome to the Leading in Love podcast. If you are a leader in any capacity who is married or considering marriage, you're tuned into the right place. We help leaders take care of their marriages. Remember, you are a successful leader and your marriage and family can be successful too. You don't have to sacrifice leadership for love and you don't have to sacrifice love for leadership. And now, here are your hosts, Gary and Julie. Hey, everybody, and we are back again. How's it going, y'all? Everybody's doing well. We're doing yes. good. Yes, sir. Leading in love, Gary and Julie. Back at it. So today we got a, an interesting topic. Mm-hmm. Because if you're married to somebody, yep. uh, there's probably going to be a lot of things they do to drive you crazy. Get all up in your skin. Make you itchy. And this gentleman, this hot man, thank you, had to execute almost every irritable thing that I have. Just a few, you know. We kind of prepare each other for each topic, so depending on (laughs) how serious it is or how not serious it is, we gotta gear each other up, right? So, so I'm ready. I had to get her going. Just had to. <laughs> so here's the question. How serious are your pet peeves in your marriage? Mm-hmm. Okay. Are they serious enough for you to want to walk away from your spouse for good? What is a pet peeve? Well, before we get into that, mm-hmm. we got to look at that. We have to answer that question. Are they serious enough? That's what right. Yeah. What, what is, is a pet, pet peeve? peeve? <laughs> what is a pet peeve? When do you know the pet peeve has gone too far? Well, we all we all have them. Okay, we all have pet peeves. Pet peeves are basically things that we do, probably habitually, yeah, repeatedly, that just completely drives our spouse bonkers. Uh huh. Okay, when they see us acting a certain way, or leaving clothes in, on the staircase. It just mm-hmm. sends them for a tailspin. And pet peeves, I find, actually come from, you know, possibly ways that you were raised. For example, myself, I mean, you never chew with your mouth open. You know, that's how I was raised, that it was disrespectful to do that. I was also taught, you know, whenever chewing gum, again, don't be slurping anything. Don't be chewing loudly. It's rude. Music, TV has to be on low. It's rude for you to have the TV blasting. So really, yeah, yeah, have the TV or music blasting was considered rude when I was growing up. So because I was raised that way, it just became part of me. So now I walk into this marriage. <laughs> hey. With this great dude. Thank you. And little did I know, a lot of the habitual things that he had were irritating me. And I had to speak up. Now, we've came to a common place. And what works, what doesn't work for us. But it took us time to get there. Right. I think I think we're going to get into this later on where we have to distinguish between little 
irritable things mm. and triggers. Mm-hmm. And triggers are now triggers. I think triggers can make you walk away from a a marriage. Yes. But we want to measure how serious are your pet peeves, or how serious do they have to be before they become triggers? Right. And therefore, might instigate you walking away from the relationship. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about some types of triggers. Okay. Pet peeves. Pet. My bad. Pet peeves. Yes. Okay. Uh, people that slurp cold drinks. Um, him. <laughs> uh, let's see. Burping and passing gas out loud. Him. Loudly <laughs> chewing gum, sucking the juice out of the gum. Oh. Julie does this. I. I- what? Okay, no, I'm just kidding. Well, she, she already called me out three times. Right? <laughs> Him. Not as you're listening to this, think about your, you know, your your spouse and what they do that just drives you, you know, just drives you wild. Mm-hmm. Uh, leaving hair in the sink, on the counters. Guilty. Yeah, she does that great. Uh, not covering your mouth when you cough. Our kids do that. I think. I think they'll just. I think learn. if adults do something like that, then you. Uh, you grew up somewhere. <laughs> like that's basic <laughs> principle, man. Like so much research has been done about germs, oh right? Germ theory is now a, a, a natural thing. We understand how diseases are formed. No, but don't cough with your mouth open. <laughs> that's that should not be something that you're telling an adult. But if you're home, you're a little bit more comfortable, so you may feel like ah, you know, I'm gonna kiss up on her anyway, so. Who cares about germs? Cough, cough. Well, you know what the problem is? You have four kids. One gets sick, you all get sick. Yeah, that's... So then now that's you got six bad. people in the house sick. That's so cover your bad. mouth. <laughs> um, our kids will do this. Mm. They'll wander into the kitchen when mommy's cooking. And they'll say, oh. ew, yeah. to the food that's on the stove. Because they see broccoli. <laughs> <laughs> or cauliflower on the stove. Yeah. Yeah. Now, this is something, I, this is something I, I like doing. Eating food off your plate without asking first or asking while grabbing it. When my family, whenever we went out to a restaurant, my mom, my dad, and my brother, this was before our, our little brother was born, we used to always order different things. And they were so different that we take, almost share with each other. We take turns tasting off each other's plate. So I got married to Julie. And for me, this is normal. Family, I don't do this for everybody. I don't go out with friends and eat off their plate. I don't eat mm-hmm. after them either. Mm-hmm. And I don't give them my leftovers. But I, I get married to Julie. We're going out. We're out. And she gets her plate. I get my plate. And my and the first thing I do is reach out for her plate. And she's like, Before what? Before he even goes. Before I even eat my eat off my plate. Oh. And she goes. She was so I lose livid. my mind. And the thing about her is because there's certain things that she prefers on her plate. And I'm those are the things that. He goes I after, go after first. <laughs> she like you go and you know you go to those restaurants sometimes i mean if if it's burgers and fries at a restaurant and you go and grab a fry no big deal but if you're gonna come after you know my one shrimp and you're gonna try and take half of it before you even eat your shrimp on your plate (laughs) that stuff drives me nuts like ask first i don't mind you taking boo just ask 13 years later well you know i'm gonna take i think i've i've just learned to just leave it alone 
because I don't want to ruin the date night. <laughs> that's that's true. But I think we but you get better at these things, right? Yeah. I know we're we're kind of dwelling on one thing, but we get better at this. We kind of learn each other's eating habits when you go out. So what we also do is we talk about okay what do you want to order let's order something that we can share right we've came to learn right so we're gonna order something habits. that order some calamari or some escargot whatever the case is and we know we're gonna share those things yeah what are you gonna eat as your main entree here's what i'm ordering oh okay you mind if i try some so we kind of right. we kind of learn how to deal with this stuff yeah. rather than turn it into a fight and that's pretty much what we're trying to get at has, how serious are your pet peeves that right. they make you want to walk away from the marriage? Or are they just things that you can kind of ignore and figure out? Mm-hmm. And just say, okay, that's just his personality. That's just her personality. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in, if I look at it correctly, we're just being playful. Mm-hmm. He's just being playful. So I don't really have to lose my mind over it. Mm-hmm. Now, there's other pet peeves that you could think of. And again, we don't have an exhaustive list. I think there's as many pet peeves as there are people because mm. people have the things that they don't like. Mm-hmm. And then, so they, they'll know what they don't like. For example, people that take too much time in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Still, these are things that people make jokes about. You see it in the, in, in, the, in the films and you hear it in certain comedy sketches. People take too much time in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. The women always gets blamed for this. Yes, of course we do. Uh, clapping at the end of a movie at the theater. That irritates me. Or clapping at the end of a flight when yes. you land in Montego Bay. That really... <laughs> no, or just land, period. But However, I, 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 only Jamaican people do that. No, in in other locations, too. Yeah. I've never heard it happen in Toronto or well, no, landing not, in... Not short ones like that, but, okay. you know. I went to China. Nobody clapped. Really? We clapped. But you know what? The 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 reason I came to learn, which is which made me relax on this a little bit. I came to learn be they do it because of the fact that they're saying thank you for allowing us or driving the plane safely. What? Yeah. Don't drive a plane. Or sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh but you know what I mean. I know what you meant. Thank you for, for you not know, killing all two hundred and twenty yeah, of us. Yeah, basically for not killing us and doing this thing safely. Yeah, that's basically what they're saying. I just thought it was, oh, thank God, I'm away from my chaotic life. <laughs> I'm on vacation. <laughs> Anyways, that, that, that's a good one. That's, that's a good point. I can respect that. Yes, I um, can respect that. Maybe this one might be might strike strike something to somebody continuing arguing after being proven wrong mm-hmm. now, I think this one is a little bit more it's a little bit more serious mm-hmm. because clearly there's communication issues right mm-hmm. and the whole idea of trying to prove somebody wrong that's could also be a personality issue rather than it being okay we have a problem here honey let's figure out the best solution that fits both of us. Mm-hmm. Rather than, one, trying to prove somebody wrong, two, trying to not be proven wrong. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? Say it again. Well, there's two things here. If you're continuing arguing after being proven wrong, right? Yes. There's two people arguing. Yes. One person has made some valid points. Okay. And... 
that counters his or her valid points. But one person is saying that I've proven you wrong. Why are you still arguing? So there's two things going on here. One, what's the obsession or what's the desire to prove the other person wrong? And secondly, what is the point of continuing art? What, what is the what is the point of trying to prove that you're not wrong? So my my take on that is there's a communication issue and there's a personality issue. Why do you have, you have to prove that you're right rather than you working together to to come with the best solution for both of you? Yeah, of course. I mean, the goal again, I feel is when it comes to a marriage is to always try and find the best solution in a situation. You know, it, it's it's not about proving the other person wrong. However, sometimes people may not feel as though they're being heard. Mm-hmm. That the true problem is being heard. One of my concerns a lot of the times is let's pull up the entire route so that way I don't have to deal with this again Mm -hmm. so if it's something for example let's say uh, I, I might be struggling with trust right let's not just talk about the surface of it right we gotta get below that we gotta get below it the the iceberg is maybe a trust issue that i might have had whether it be through us or something in the past you know from a previous relationship um through friends or another uh partner that i might have had right Mm -hmm. so for me it's let's uproot it If I feel as though you haven't properly understood the uproot version of it, then I will come at it again from a different angle. Probably an angle where I can still be engaged in the conversation. Because I think, and this is like I said, this is important. I think people get lost in this in this space Mm -hmm. of conversation of communication Mm -hmm. where. It's me versus you. Right. Rather than me and you versus an issue. Yeah. We take so much responsibility for where the issue is coming from. Right. And as a a couple, it's both of you because you're both affected. Absolutely. If if I say something that irritates you, I'm going to be affected because now that puts you in a a different mood. Right. In a different space. Uh You know, the vibe won't be the same anymore. Mm -hmm. So rather than taking things so personal, Mm -hmm. so individual... I think the, the the mindset should be, okay, my wife is not comfortable with this or she has an issue with this. Mm-hmm. The issue is pointed at me, mm-hmm. but ultimately this could make us better. Right. So let's, like you said, let's get to the root of it. Mm-hmm. Let's dig it up, let's throw it outside the relationship, and now let's continue together. Because mm-hmm. everything is going to impact you, both of you, mm-hmm. even though it might be triggered or generated by one party. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's very important. Um, our kids do this. This is the last we're going to talk about. You guys could figure out your own pet peeves in your own relationships. Like I said, these might be these are things that we see, but you can have your own list, and yeah. you should really think about them because if they're driving you bonkers, then you should probably figure: Do I need to address these? 
how serious are they, and come up with a strategy for dealing with it. Our kids leave, they'll pour drinks or milk <laughs> or bread, whatever the case is, and just leave the last little bit in the fridge. Or finish up all the yogurt and then leave <sighs> that little box piece in the fridge. Or just leave garbage <laughs> lying around. They'll eat the yogurt and leave the lid. Lick off the lid <laughs> and just leave it lying around. It's, that, that stuff's, that's pet peeve. But I don't love them less. <laughs> still our kids, right? They're still young. They're still, They're young. still learning. Right. You know, but then there's also, there's one in here that um, we had discussed. It is talking over you when you're clearly still in the middle of your sentence. That's disrespectful. That. I just did it. I don't mean to disrespect you. <laughs> Sorry. That is actually very common. You know, you could be in the middle of trying to have a conversation, making a point. And yeah, you can say it is a pet peeve, but consistently your spouse doing this can lead very far. Because for me, the way I see it is if somebody is talking and you are interrupting them in the middle of their statement, you're not listening to what they're saying. That piece is not fair. It's not respectful. And at the end of the day, it really is just not fair. You're not trying to fix the problem. You're just trying to win the argument, whether you're talking or whether you're actually yelling. You're trying to win this conflict. Right. You're not working as a team. You're working against each other. Now, if you need more clarity because you see that they are um, going deeper in that statement, in that explanation, maybe that might be a fair time to to jump in and say, hold, hold on a minute. All right. Can you further explain that piece of statement that you were stating? One of the techniques that uh, my husband and I learned is if you have difficulty with this, grab an object, whether it be a pencil, um, a cell phone, uh, something clean where, you know, no something one, safe, something safe and clean where no one can get hurt mm -hmm. and use that almost as a mic. And the person that is holding that. A specific object is the one that gets to speak. Right. When that object is now put down, then the other partner, your 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 spouse, cannot pick it up and start speaking. If you need to remember points that they had stated, have a notebook, write it down. Okay, they mentioned this because they spoke for about twenty minutes about something specific and they mentioned 10 different topics or problems or issues, write down those notes, write it down on your little notebook. And then when it's your turn to grab that object and speak into the mic, then speak and address those. I agree. Mm -hmm. Now you should probably get the notebook so you don't grab the object out of her hand or out of his hand. 
<laughs> you had it too long. Give it to me. It's my turn. And now you're now you're now you're creating more issues. Now that... you're yell, you're starting to yell. Yeah. Just... You have this object too long. Yeah. Put it down. You're not being fair, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> so get a notebook and write. And once you start noting, she starts or he starts repeating himself. Then you're like, okay, honey, you've said this before. I wrote it here. Now maybe I should speak. Let me address these things. Yeah. So find ways to, to play fair. Now, some pet peeves are ignorable, like slurping cold drinks. You know, that's something that I think you can get over it. Yeah, you can get over you it. You can get but around I mean, it. Again, look at the level. If it's something that's consistently irritating your spouse, try your best not to slurp. Right. So basically, there's some that are ignorable and some that should be fixed. Because if you don't fix them, they could lead to terrible habits and disconnection, mm-hmm. right? So if, for example, talking over your spouse, that's a terrible habit to have mm-hmm. because now you're putting, you're building into the relationship uh, a disrespectful way of communicating. You're suppressing their speech. You're suppressing their conversation, their ability to, to express themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's not good. So that's a terrible habit to have. So that should be addressed. Mm-hmm. And if the habit becomes so overwhelming, now you're going to create disconnection. You're going to be aloof and, and separate from each other. Mm-hmm. Now you're not. Now one spouse, I don't want to talk to you. Mm. I don't want to be in the same, because every time I open my mouth to say something, mm-hmm. you interrupt and you don't give me a chance to speak. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we did try that hold the object thing, but then you wrestle it out of my hand and you said, I've been talking too long. And now there's more issues being being generated and perpetuated mm-hmm. so particularly those habits that are really disrespectful call them out talk about them mm. and fix them mm-hmm. and work to fix them mm-hmm. now we mentioned earlier that you have to be able to distinguish or measure the level of the pet peeve because once they start pushing against being triggers mm-hmm. Now we're in a situation where these things must be addressed because this is getting dangerous. Yeah. And we are we, we do have a, an exclusive topic on triggers mm-hmm. and how to deal with them. And this is where you might enlist the help of a professional. Right. But I feel like pet peeves, for the most part, mm-hmm. you can handle it without help. Mm-hmm. But once they start getting too far, where now you're pushing against triggers that take you into a different space of thinking. Right. Now we have an issue that should be addressed. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, as far as pet peeves go, remember some are ignorable. Mm-hmm. Okay, some should be fixed and some must be fixed. Mm-hmm. Now, the other thing is, as leaders, mm-hmm. we're generally responsible for you know, leading other people, setting a vision, uh, coming up with a strategy, and trying to execute and then measure our execution mm-hmm. against our results, and that's called evaluating. Mm-hmm. And then we take it from there. If we fail, we come with a new plan and we go again, or we come with a brand new strategy altogether. Correct. Now, what I feel is that if I have a pet peeve, like I should have a pet peeve. My pet peeve is about me. Mm-hmm. It's about my perspective. Mm-hmm. So if you slurp your drink, mm-hmm. my wife, Mm-hmm. And I hate people that slurp. I don't like people that slurp their drinks. And then our oldest son comes in and he slurps his drink. Mm-hmm. And I give you a hard time about slurping your drink. Mm-hmm. And I give him a hug about slurping his drink. Something is going on here. 
You give him a hug and me a hard time. I give you a hard time. Okay. So this pet peeve is inconsistent. Yeah. And as leaders, we're required to be consistent with the people that we lead. Right. So now there's clearly something deeper than the slurping. And now it's a personal issue. It's a personal issue. That you need to get deeper with and and understand. Because as you said, you know, the pet peeves, yeah, you might be able to let it go and look past it. But now you're dealing with something deeper. Because it's not consistent. Mm-hmm. Like, how do I say I don't like when people slurp their drink, but I let I treat you bad about it, yeah. and then I hug the other person about it? Mm-hmm. So it's not about slurping drinks. Mm-hmm. So your pet peeves, they should be consistent, so you have to be clear mm. that they are really pet peeves. Because mm-hmm. as leaders, you have to engage everybody. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to lead everybody right. as much as you can. Right. You, you, the idea is to get buy-in on the vision and, and, and the strategy. Mm-hmm. And if you're treating people differently, then you mm-hmm. might not be able to do that. And mm-hmm. the same thing in, in your marriage. Like, don't don't give your spouse a hard time that you let friends get away with mm-hmm. or family members get away with. Right. Because now, you, again, you're going to create disconnection. You're going to create division. And it's going to be a big distance between the two of you. Now, of course, you know, pe- people might argue the fact that you are more comfortable with your spouse, with your family members. So you 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 may address pet peeves that you have. Mm-hmm. For example, myself, as I mentioned, I it drives me nuts when I see people chewing with their mouths open. So I will address you because I'm more comfortable with you. Mm-hmm. However, if I'm in public with a friend who starts doing this, I'll just kind of turn my head and look away. Why? I may not necessarily want to embarrass them. But you're still annoyed. Yes. In both regards. Absolutely. Right. So your your pet peeve is consistent. It is consistent. So now what you're suggesting, which is a great point, is be aware of how you handle it. Because you can't handle it the exact same way with right. everybody. Right. Right. But the same, again, be aware of how you handle it. Don't come at you, for example with aggression why do you always do that if i'm able to look away with that friend maybe i can be a little bit more softer with you and you're probably going to call it bring it up yeah well why are you yelling at me you didn't yell at that person they slurped louder than i did exactly well you slurped too loud and now now you're getting into like semantics and exactly technicalities and so forth exactly so you got to be consistent so If you're married to somebody, there's a good chance they do some things that just irritate you. Um, It's not the end of the world, okay? But it's important for you to notice these things. Mm -hmm. Notice what irritates you and have a serious conversation about them. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be, like, overly serious. But remember what we said in one of our previous podcasts when talking about um, the importance of quality time? Yeah. Communicate early and often. Mm -hmm. So... Communicate early and often to get your point across. Talk right. about these things that irritate you when they pop up. Yeah, you don't have to make a be dramatic about it, but talk about it. Yeah, when you said that, it made me feel this way. Okay. It might not take you take you seriously. Like, yeah, all I did was burp. All I did was, you know, shuffle or do this little thing. Why is that a big deal? Next time it happens, hey, honey, you know what? You did that again, and believe me, when you do that, it actually, I don't like it. Yeah. Explain and why you don't ex- like explain it. Explain why you don't like it. 
and you, and you, as a good spouse, you'd respond and say, okay, you know what? This is something I've been doing my whole life. My friends used to think it was funny. I'm comfortable <laughs> doing it. So I'm just going to continue. So I have a hard time stopping. Yeah. Happens again. Honey, yeah, you did that thing. Oh, I did? Oh, man, my bad. Next time, can you just kind of tug, pull my arm if you see me doing it? He's doing it, pull his arm. Oh, I'm doing it? Sorry. And you kind of, so bottom line is that these things might take time to get rid of. But the reason why you need to talk about it is because some of them might not be that urgent. Yeah. So communicate early and often so that you can both work together to figure out what's more urgent. Yeah. And then come up with ways to slowly get rid of them. All right. Pet peeves. Remember, everybody has them. Everyone has them. Just make sure they're not being disrespectful and debilitating and causing you to walk away from your marriage. Absolutely. That is all, folks. Thank you for joining us. Again, it's a pleasure hanging out with you guys. Yes. Great uh, being here with my beautiful bride. Your beautiful bride. Always my beautiful bride. Remember, you're a successful leader and your marriage and family can be successful too. too.